0: most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent his own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking
1: about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you.
0: The Gospel according to Matthew chapter 21 See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: It's been more than 25 years now. Where has the time gone? I recall it as if it were yesterday. He walked up to my booth where everyone in town had to stop every month to dump their tax payments in addition to paying the interest that I charged them in order to keep the Roman soldiers from kicking in their front doors. He looked me in the eye and said, follow me. There was something in those eyes. There was something compelling. There was something in his tone, something, some, some tenderness stirred up together with power that was, that was just drawing me to him. I dropped everything and invited him to my house for dinner. He actually took me up on the invitation. Can you believe that? Me, an outcast. People would walk by me on the streets and as they passed, they would avert their eyes. Green with envy because of my nice digs, manicured lawn and latest model chariot. Red with hatred because I had been an unpatriotic cheat paying for all of my stuff with the money that I squeezed from them. But enough about me. There's someone else I'd like you to know about and think about. He made what some would call rather outrageous claims, but he backed them up with miracles. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, right. Miracles. No, really. Miracles. I was there. I saw them. I saw leprous scabs fade and disappear, a paralyzed man jump up and dance a jig, a blind man read an eye chart all the way below the 2020 line. A little girl who was dead, sit up in her bed and then give her parents and her teddy bear a hug. But but there was something else going on that we had a hard time processing. With his obvious God power, we thought he'd be just the right one to to get rid of those Roman overlords and maybe set up his throne in the capital rotunda in Jerusalem. But he told us that he had come to this Passover festival in Jerusalem to be arrested, accused, and killed. To say that we fretted about that is the understatement of the year. Yes, he was our friend, our teacher, our leader. But to have him talk about being killed, well, we had to wonder, who is this? What is this mission, this plan, this path that he's on? I found the answer. And when you find the answer, you will also want him to be your friend your teacher, your leader, and much more than that. So won't you join me today on this sunny Sunday back in time outside of Jerusalem to find the answer to the big question who is this? In recalling that Sunday morning I remember back 25 years ago to the event, and I remember scratching my head along with some of my companions and wondering, why did he ask to ride a donkey? What's with the donkey? The 12 of us had been with him for three years. This was not his normal pattern. Over the river and through the woods to Jerusalem, he would go in sandaled feet one step in front of another. He approached a town or a village. He didn't ask to ride on an animal. He always walked. What's with the donkey? Was he super extra tired? Was he worn out from the 80-mile journey from up north? No. No, we learned that he knew what he was doing. And he chose to ride on a donkey for three reasons. Number one, When a king arrives in Jerusalem, he's either going to be riding in a gilded chariot or on some stately stallion, not on a dirty donkey, because that would symbolize humility and lowliness. And who would want a king like that? Like lots of other folks, we, his first followers, were hoping and looking for a power broker, who would free us from Roman taxation. And I knew a little bit about taxation since I had been serving for many years as a tax collector. But slowly but surely, seeping into my brain cells over the past three years, and now solidified on this day, was what kind of king do I really need? How about one who is willing to humble himself? Not flaunting his power but keeping his power under wraps in order to take the wrap for me, for my cheating and greed, for my lying and lust. One who would humble himself all the way to the point of death. He was riding on that donkey knowing, knowing that we needed him to be humble for us. Reason number two, That he rode on a donkey. Most people would identify that animal as what? A donkey is a beast of burden. Some of you got it. Yep. That's how we talk about donkey. A beast of burden. Well, that donkey was certainly bearing the burden of a rider. But think about this. The rider himself was bearing bearing a burden. The burden of my cover-ups. My selfishness. My skeletons in the closet, my unwarranted fears, my lack of trust in God and yours and everybody else's out there. The weight of all of our sins had been piled onto him, towering higher than the tower of Babel. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, the prophet said. He was riding on that donkey, knowing, knowing that he had to bear the burden of our sin and guilt. Reason number three for riding the donkey? As I recalled that incident on that Sunday, and under direction of the Holy Spirit was recording this account now as I'm writing, I was also thinking about a question that was on the minds of many of my fellow Israelites, people of my own nation, How do you know that this man from Nazareth is the true Messiah? And so I recorded into my account one of the big proofs. All of what he did was a fulfillment of the promises and predictions of the Old Testament scriptures. In fact, he even made a prediction on that day, saying to a couple of my companions that they should go to the next village and there they would find a donkey and its colt, and the owner would say, go ahead and use them. And sure enough, his prediction came true. And on top of that, this entire scenario was predicted by the prophet Zechariah 550 years before it happened. How should I not have known Zechariah would be there? He was riding on this donkey, knowing, knowing that one day We would be engaged in conversations and need to back up our claim that God speaks to us through the Holy Scriptures, that all of what He says in Scripture is true and reliable from cover to cover. And we know that one of the big reasons we know that's all true is because of the hundreds, the actual hundreds of promises and predictions written over a span of a thousand years that all come to bear on one, the man from Nazareth. What are the chances? He sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them. And that's exactly what happened. And then I wrote in my account, This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey on a colt, The foal of a donkey. So wave your palm branches because of his knowing, which is one of the answers to the big question, who is this? This is the one who has come to live and to die in our place and for our benefit. But as I'm writing this account and thinking back 25 years ago to that day in Jerusalem, I was also thinking about what might have been going through the minds of the guards standing on top of Jerusalem's walls. I'm thinking they were thinking to themselves, hey, look at that big crowd out there to the east, weaving its way down the long ridge east of the city. And look at that. There's that teacher from Nazareth we've heard about who's on a donkey in the middle of the crowd." And they're all adoring him. And look at, look at the people pouring out of the, out of their houses here in the city and rushing out to catch a glimpse of him. And take a look out there as these two crowds, the one from the east on the ridge and the one from the city merge together and are surging toward the city gates like longhorns at the end of a cattle drive. Look at him sitting on that donkey with people fanning him. As if he's some kind of royalty. Who really is it? What kind of guy is he? What makes him so important? When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city, and I think the guards on the walls, were stirred and asked, Who is this? Who is this? What makes him so special? The crowds answered, This is the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. A prophet? A prophet? In the future, all the way to the end of time, God the Holy Spirit will make sure that there are people who are going to be reading this account that I am writing. And when they do, there will be some people who read my account who will want to take a time machine and go back in time to grab the skeptical by the shoulders and shake them and say, He is not just a mere mortal. He is not only a humble preacher. He is God hiding in human flesh. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He has divine power. He is God hiding and humble for us, for a time. But I know that in the future there probably won't be any time machines. But what people in the future, centuries from now, can do is they can email a relative talk to a neighbor text a classmate Facebook a friend and invite and invite and invite come and see so wave your palm branches because of his being because of who he is which is another answer to our big question who is this he is the one who has come to live and to die in our place and for our benefit. But as I'm, as I'm writing this account and thinking back 25 years, i got to tell you, I was there. I saw it. I was a part of that crowd as we wound our way down the long ridge east of the city, shuffled past the olive garden, stepped over the Kidron stream. We were lined up ten deep on either side of the road, elbows bumping, pushing, shoving, sweating, packed in together. I could smell the guy behind me. He must have had garlic toast for breakfast. And the people in front of me were on their tiptoes, straining and craning their necks to look left and right past the people in front of them to catch a glimpse. And then all at once, somebody started to shout, Hosanna to the Son of David! Hosanna in the highest! And then 2, then 4, then 16, then 256, and the shouts multiplied in volume and in number exponentially, a tsunami of praise. But I got to tell you that that word Hosanna is not so much praise as it is a plea. Contrary to what kids might think when they first come across that Hebrew term Hosanna, It is not the answer to Anna's question, what should I use to water the lawn? Hose, Anna. No, it means save us now. I was there. I saw it. And I'm recording it. And it's God's inspired truth what I am writing. And it is my prayer that people who read my account will one day ask, save us from what? From lightning and thunder or business going under, from demanding bosses and economic losses, from marriage interruptions or family dysfunctions? No. Save us from what? Well, tell you what, the people of my nation, the ancient Israelites, They had on their mind, save us from political oppression. You don't look like a mighty warrior sitting on that donkey. But we have heard that one of the guys walking alongside your donkey is a man named Lazarus who had been a corpse just a few days ago and you called him out of his tomb. You must have some kind of power. Hosanna, use it. Hosanna, show it. What disappointment those people must have had when Jesus didn't turn out to be what they thought he would be. But I am now writing this account 25 years after it happened because I want to ask you, do you know someone who has been disappointed in in this man from Nazareth? Have you been disappointed in him? because he didn't brighten your day or prevent something bad from happening, because he didn't wipe out your school debt just like that, because he didn't keep your checking account above the minimum, because he didn't fix stale relationships within the walls of your house or apartment, because he didn't calm the unrest in the streets. Don't be disappointed by expecting this man from Nazareth, to be someone he never promised to be. But go ahead and shout, Hosanna, save us now for the right reason. Save us from ourselves. Save us from our hell. Use your power to free us from the burden of having to do things to make God happy with us so that we can have the thrill of wanting to do things because he already is happy with us. And he answers, that's exactly why I rode that donkey lowering myself, humbling myself on that beast of burden, only to be lifted up on a cross, but there to be pushed down even farther to hell, and then to be raised all the way to and exalted to glory. I rode that donkey to take you along on the ride. Your hell is done. Your heaven is won. So I'm writing this account 25 years after it happened. To say to you, wave your palm branches because of his saving. Which is the answer to that big question, who is this? This is the one who has come to live and to die in our name and in our place for our benefit. My name is Matthew. And I have told my story and recorded my story because my story is wrapped up in his story, and so is yours. My name is Matthew, and I used to be a tax collector, but no more. Now God sees me and deals with me as his dearest child, and that's how he sees and deals with you. I found the answer to that question, Who is this? And you know the answer, too. This is Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you.